absolutely massive moves in the bond market today, not just in U.S. Treasuries, all over the world. And all of it was triggered by the U.S. CPI report. What was in the CPI report? Well, consumer prices in the United States continue to follow oil. That is the headline rate, which had increased and accelerated somewhat over the summer into late autumn, has indeed rolled over with energy prices as expected. As gasoline prices softened in particular throughout the month of October, those were down pretty substantially in the CPI report, therefore contributing much to its very low rate. In fact, according to the BLS, on average U.S. consumer prices in October were basically flat compared to September, up just a fraction. The core consumer price rate, that one was a little bit less than expected too, even though core consumer prices are more impacted by whatever's going on in shelter than anything else. When you take away food and energy, what's left is really this imputation that the BLS likes to do in the form of owner's equivalent rent. For some reason, owner's equivalent rent and other shelter prices, or at least estimates by the, the government, those increased sharply in September and stayed somewhat high in October, though they came down a little bit. But essentially, the core rate has been highly, highly influenced by the shelter rate, which means that outside of food, energy, and shelter, which isn't real shelter, consumer prices in the United States are continuing to be highly disinflationary. In fact, when you look at the all items less food, energy, and shelter index, it has shown basically zero consumer price advance or very little consumer price increases since May of this year. So over the last five months up to including October, the all items less those categories is up just 1% annual rate. So basically what the consumer price index in the United States showed was disinflation outside of energy prices in particular and shelter prices and the imputations there just there continues to be no sign of price pressures anywhere which in the video i talked about yesterday on the phillips curve should not be surprised because consumer prices don't align with the unemployment rate or the job openings rate or the federal reserve's view on where consumer prices actually come from instead as the market knows, disinflation was our future to begin with, almost inevitable here. And that the October CPI report was more confirmation that disinflation is indeed deepening. It's getting further and further, which is actually not a good sign. In fact, that is a bad sign. The result of that disinflation confirmation was basically high demand for safety and liquidity, not just in the United States, but also places in Europe and around the rest of the world, even JGBs, as we'll see in just a minute. Basically, bond buying is back and back in a huge way because consumer prices confirm economic risks as well as some monetary risk are exceptionally high. And so today's big swings in the markets, which we'll talk about in just a moment, you saw the 10-year down in uh, the 10-year yield down almost 20 basis points at one point just after the CPI report. Not because the market was shocked about what was in the consumer price numbers, but because the market was expecting what was in the consumer price numbers. Disinflation is not good. And now the buyers are back in town 
And this is something that I just talked about recently in my conversation with Mr. Mike Green. We talked about the fundamentals between behind inflation, the fundamentals behind interest rates, as well as what that means going forward. You could check out part of that conversation here on Eurodollar University's YouTube channel. The rest of the conversation is available to Eurodollar University members and our DDA subscribers. And you can find out information on those at our website, eurodollar.university. So what we're seeing, this huge monstrous move in bond rates today is, as I said, confirmation of the fundamentals that have been in the bond market for a long time. Remember, been talking about the two-year treasury for quite so many months. Despite the fact that longer-term rates sold off in September, the two-year treasury has been really stable for going back to late July, which is highly unusual, at least highly unusual, for all of the reasons that people have been given for why bonds' long-term rates were selling off during the summertime. And just to quickly review, what everyone said about treasuries was that, for one reason or another, it was the Federal Reserve and its rate hikes or the Federal Reserve going to maintain rates for longer or higher for longer, more hawkish uh, stances by Federal Reserve officials, uh, as well as central bankers around the rest of the world too, but essentially monetary policy dictating where the market were, was going to go. And as I mentioned in another recent video on term premiums, Jay Powell was only too happy to see rates rise because Federal Reserve officials have been trying to get rates, long-term rates to go up ever since, well, last year at this time. So the Fed has been talking rates up and many people believe that's why rates were going up through August, September, and the early part of October. Other reasons, fortunately you don't hear QT talked about very much, which is a good sign because QT doesn't really do anything. Maybe the media has finally got it, gotten through that QT isn't really a factor. In fact, academic studies show one after another after another that QE, like QT, really doesn't have much of an impact on interest rates in either direction. So it's good that nobody has brought up QT, but in case some people do, that isn't been a factor either. Another potential explanation for why rates were going up, why bonds were being sold, that was inflation and growth expectations, which, I mean, that's consistent with what bond yields actually are, Irving Fisher, Fisherian decomposition. And this is something that Jay Powell himself brought up several times recently. When asked at his last press conference what he thought was going on with interest rates, what did Powell say? He said, well, it's not inflation expectations. We don't see any sign of that. Maybe it's the market thinking that the soft landing is actually going to happen. And taken at face value, that's what the sell-off in bonds actually look like. As I mentioned in another recent video on the bond market, that this was the bear steepening case. And the bear steepening case, at least it appeared to be the bear steepening case, and the bear steepening case would be a good thing. If interest rates, long-term interest rates were gonna go up from here and continue to go up, that would be a positive sign. As Powell was saying, that would be the market saying, we agree with the soft landing. No recession, everything's gonna be good. Short-term rates are here. The curve needs to be upward sloping. So that's where it seemed as if long-term interest rates, not just in the US, again, it's, this is a global phenomenon, that seemed to be where interest rates were heading September into October. So you could make the case, or at least you could make the case, that long-term rates were selling off because better growth perceptions across the bond market. That was another one. Um, another, another 
potential factor, the downgrade in U.S. debt. Fitch uh, earlier in the summer said, hey, we don't like what's going on, the fiscal deficit situation. There doesn't seem to be any political will anywhere to do anything about any of this just absolutely insane spending from the federal government, which is true. This is a big problem. The problem is there is no bond vigilantism to bring that back into line. So what many people were proposing was that in line with Fitch's downgrade, the big one that most people have been talking about as far as bonds and the bond sell-off, that was treasury supply. Basically, Uncle Sam had gone too far this time. Massive increase in debt, although most of it was in bills during the third quarter. Huge increase, over uh, almost a trillion dollars issued during the third quarter alone, and just the market finally got to the point where it could, it could no longer absorb any more supply. At least that was the idea. And it was intuitive. It made sense. It was plausible that too much treasury supply, not enough demand could absorb that huge amount. And therefore, that's why bonds sold off. And that, got, that explanation got a new lease on life last week with the 30-year long bond auction. I'm sure you've probably heard something about that auction last week. The government sold a higher allotment of 30-year long bonds, and according to most sources, it did not go well at all. Although, when you look at the numbers, it wasn't all that bad. But essentially, the idea was foreigners fled from the marketplace, um, not enough foreign bidders to keep it up. High yield tailed substantially in a way we haven't seen in a very long time. Basically, it looked like a mess. The bid-to-cover ratio, that one fell to 2.36, which was the lowest bid-to-cover ratio since December 2021 for the 30-year bond, although it was close earlier this year. But still, either way, the numbers did not look good, and the market reacted last week violently to what seemed to be confirmation of this idea the government is selling too much debt. Here's Bloomberg's description. A disastrous auction of 30-year bonds Thursday, that's last week, sent long maturity yields soaring as investors demanded additional compensation for funding a ballooning fiscal deficit. And then, of course, an hour later, Fed Chair Jerome Powell told reporters at the International Monetary Fund Conference in Washington that another interest rate hike aimed at curbing inflation is still possible, unleashing a surge in short-term yields too. So we had the double whammy in the sell-off last week. Right, the, ex the primary explanation that people put their finger on to say why rates were going up was growth expectation. That's what the, that's what the Fed said. Uh, most people think it's instead Fed policy itself, higher rates and rates, uh, rate higher for longer rates. And most of all, this fear that the government is going to go way too far with issuing debt. They've spent way so, so much ridiculous amounts of money that they just, they can't sell it to the, to the private marketplace without a massive increase in interest rates to compensate everyone for the absolutely disastrous fundamentals that our elected federal government continues to put out time and time again. But here we are just a couple days later in, in trading sessions. That 30-year long bond auction is completely gone, completely dismissed, completely outside of our recent memory here. Interest rates, as I said, down sharply today, very sharply today. The 10-year treasury 
as I mentioned, down almost 20 basis points at one, one point. As I'm talking to you now or just before I checked the rates, the 10-year was at 446, which was the lowest since September 22, down about 17 basis points. And that's extended pretty much across the long section of the curve. The 30-year long bond, which was under so much pressure last week with this horrific auction, the rate today is significantly less than it was last week before the auction started. So for all this idea that there isn't enough demand for treasuries, well, maybe there wasn't enough demand on that particular day for that particular sale, but in secondary market terms and across the, the treasury curve, there absolutely is demand for treasuries. Because again, today's CPI wasn't a shock to the marketplace. It was confirmation of what bond buyers have been waiting for. And that is the fundamentals returning to the marketplace. And what I mean by that is the reason I'll give you for why bonds sold off in September is because bonds sell off every September, going back at least to 2017, mostly 2018 and forward. But either way, this September effect has to do with real money buyers being somehow constrained in their balance sheet every year around this time, which makes it sound like it's likely a regulatory issue, which means it's a non-economic factor. And so as soon as the September effect wears off, that means that the real money buyers that are no longer constrained by whatever it is that has held them back, they're back into the marketplace pricing fundamentals. Those growth and inflation expectations Jay Powell was talking about, maybe these real money investors are seeing growth and inflation expectations differently than Jay Powell does. This is exactly what happened just last year, if you recall. Interest rates were skyrocketing on the hawkish Fed. They went way up during especially September 2022 into October, and then suddenly they stopped. Even though the Fed was just as aggressive, even though it was talking about continuing to be just as aggressive, after we got through September, global bonds said, I don't like what's going on here. I foresee big problems in our future. Of course, a couple months later, we got the banking crisis. We got recessions in Europe. We got China reopening, failing. The U.S. labor market, maybe not so strong. The U.S. economy, maybe not so strong. And so we're seeing these fundamentals being reasserted as the September effect wears off or as the bond market steps out of whatever that September funk is and back into fundamental pricing. And that fundamental pricing took a huge step forward given what we see in the U.S. CPI. Thorough disinflation, which is not a good sign. It, what's behind disinflation, a weakening U.S. economy, on top of everything else that's already weak around the rest of the world, demand for safe and liquid U.S. dollar investments. Over and above what you can get in the short run, right? Because curves are becoming increasingly inverted all over again. So you had the fundamentals in the two-year treasury that were solid throughout. And by solid, I mean anxiously waiting for the same confirmation. At the same time, the long end of the treasury curve, getting that confirmation, that is a tremendous buy signal. No longer the non-economic effect from September, CPI confirming the weakened U.S. economy case and a whole bunch more beside that. This is not just a U.S. Treasury phenomenon or a U.S. phenomenon. This is a global phenomenon. By that, I mean 
the fundamentals being reasserted outside the September impact or the September effect, whatever you want to call it. We see it in Europe. In fact, Europe, as I've mentioned several times recently, they're further along in ditching the September effect and going back into, into fundamentals. German bonds, for example, they sold off during the month of September too, as they do every September. But on October 4th, they reached their recent peak and have been heading lower for now a month and a half. They are a leading indicator for what we see in treasuries because we get the fundamentals being picked up in Germany. Therefore, again, the CPI being confirmation of those same fundamentals priced into the German market. So German rates were down big again today too, continuing the same bond buying spree, safety and liquidity in Euro denominations that we're getting in treasuries. And it has extended apparently to even Japanese government bonds, although that's more of a short run thing. So we can't really declare an end to September just yet, even though it's now November. But going back to the first of this month, we see JGBs have, they've suddenly caught a bid too. So we're now a couple weeks into, or nearly a couple weeks into what might be fundamentals being, being reimposed on Japanese bonds as well. And that would be a pretty powerful confirmation of everything that we're talking about here. Treasuries getting out of September, they're lower since October 20th. German bonds and some of the other Europeans too, they've been lower since October 4th and now sharply lower. Rates going down to the same to levels we haven't seen in a couple months here. JGBs, the, the one that's been trying desperately to catch up to the rest of the sell-off. Suddenly that's got a bid too. And we should also note here, I should note here, Japanese government bills, they continue to move down again. That's not a good sign as far as the monetary system goes because that means collateral problems, which goes back into, it feeds back into all of the things that were in the bond market today. So to wrap this up here, the CPI wasn't a surprise. It was the catalyst for a bunch of bond buying because it confirmed Lots of the fundamental suspicions or the suspicions about fundamentals that have been priced into the markets, once they get past this balance sheet constraint in real money players that happens August, September, and part of October. Rates go up and you can't put too much stock in those rates going up because they're going up for reasons that have nothing to do with any of the reasons that have been given for why rates were going up. It's not about treasury supply. It's not about the Fed, certainly not QT. It's not about downgrades. It's essentially lack of buyers because of balance sheet constraints. And now that they're not constrained anymore, they're back to buying because the fundamentals across the global economy, whether it be Europe, Asia, China, or the US labor market, which looks increasingly questionable, raises the demand for safety and liquidity again. Curves are becoming more and more inverted. Because that's what the fundamentals are saying. That's what the CPI today said too. The conversation I had with Mike Green, at least the first part of it, that's the video I've got linked below me. That's the part we put up on YouTube. The full interview, the full conversation, that's available to Eurodollar University members and Eurodollar University DDA subscribers. And if you are a Eurodollar University member or a DDA subscriber, I cannot thank you enough for your support. And until next time, everyone take care.